Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. It hasn't been that long, but it feels like a lifetime since we were here. I like all your faces. Mark, you're looking older. <laughs> Um, I have been um, keeping tabs on what's going on. As, uh, as many of you know, even though I've, I and the family have um, taken up uh, a new position and we've moved away, um, I'm still a trustee here at the church and I'm still part of the life of the church. And it was only a matter of weeks ago that me and the Davids were Skyping in to each other and just talking about the exciting things that God's doing here in this house and how both David and I and Dave are excited about what's coming ahead, that there's momentum, that something's building. But in this place, it requires every single person to do something that Leanne began to talk about a couple of weeks ago. We were in this place where Zechariah is in the neighborhood of unbelief, yet we need to move to the neighborhood of faith. And we need to be repositioned from one thing to another. That's when change happens. That for us as a church, we can begin to see that change in this community. But it starts with a personal change. There was a man who once said, I want to change the world. And after a while of trying to change the world, he realized that he couldn't. So what he did was he thought about it and said, okay, what I'll do is I'll change my continent. And then he realized that he couldn't. So he decided, I'm going to change my country. And as he began to change his country, he realized that it wasn't possible. And then he said, well, how about my county? I'm going to change my county. And he tried and made an effort, and he couldn't. And then it broke right the way down to his town, even to his street. And he realized that he couldn't change any of it. But what he could do was change himself. And the change in him made a change in his family. The change in his family made a change to his street. His street impacted the town, the town impacted the county, the county will impact the country, the country will impact the continent, and then the continent will impact the world. It starts at home. It starts with you. So, Christmas presents. What a lovely play on words. And uh, we're going to be taking um, a little look today at someone who received an angelic visit. There are four sets of people or groups of people that that receive an angelic visit of some description during the Christmas story. And the third one is today, and it is a man by the name of Joseph. He's almost the unspoken person of Christmas. He kind of slips in and slips back out again. But I just want to take a few minutes to look at him. And if you uh, take a look at the screen, what should come up? Phew, is the Bible verses. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out for us and feel free to read along. Now, at the birth of Jesus, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So, what do we know about Joseph? What do we know about him? There's a few things I've written down here. And the first is this, that he was a Jew. He was a Jewish guy. He wasn't just a Jewish guy. He was a Jew who was directly in line, or if it were to King David, his bloodline flows down and Joseph is of King David's house in that line. So we're talking about someone who people, in reality, they would have known who he was. He was a man of significance because of the lineage that he came from. The unspoken, unknown person, but he wasn't in his day. What else do we know about him? We know this, that he was engaged to be married. Now, what we think engaged to be married looks like and what the Jewish people back then thought engaged to be married like is not the same. You see, for the Jewish people at the time, they were all but married. There was a ceremony, but that was it. Everything was already in place. They were effectively married, which is why when it says in our reading that they're betrothed, but he plans to divorce her. How can he divorce her if they're not married? It's because of the way the custom works. So that makes a bit of sense of that for us. What else do we know? The likelihood, the likelihood is, from my study, that Joseph would have been around 20 years old. I got married when I was 21. Laura was 20. She was a beautiful bride. I was a handsome groom. Still am. <laughs> but 20 years old, that was the custom at the time that the Jewish men would be given away in marriage, if you like, when they were around 20 years old. The women would have been around 12 to 14 years old. Wow, now that's young. <laughs> what else do we know? <clears throat> he was just... He was righteous. We know because the Bible said in our reading that because he was a just man. That word just can also be translated to mean righteous. There's something about him that's significant for where he's at. What else do we know? We know he was a builder. See, there's a, here's a controversial thing. We translate the word Tekon, not the word, Tekon, as carpenter of someone who works with wood, but it actually means builder. That where Joseph lived, 
there wasn't a lot of wood because everything was built in stone. So the likelihood is he was actually a stonemason and less of a carpenter. That Jesus actually learnt to be a master builder. He didn't learn to be a carpenter. Wow. This is a significant guy. He would also have been the only person in the area that did the job that he did. He would have had the monopoly on that business. He would have built the buildings and everything in that area. It would have all been Joseph. So Jesus is learning from someone in terms of his natural life of significance. I'm beginning to paint a bit of a picture of him now. Are you getting it? So now, that's going to bring me round to my first thought for us this morning. And it's simply this, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So let's, let's go back a step. And we read that Joseph decided that he wanted to divorce Mary. But let's just take a, a look at that decision for a moment. Now, the backstory is this, that, that Mary... She's had a visit from an angel that the angels told her that she's going to give birth to God's son. Mary's response to that initially is, how is this possible because I don't know a man? And then the angel says, the power of God is going to overshadow you. And as, as Leanne said last week, Mary's response to that was what? Yes. Let it be to me, as you have said, I am God's servant. 12 to 14 years old, just about to be married. Wow, what a decision. Now, Mary has to now go and tell her husband-to-be what's just happened. So let's imagine that conversation. (laughs) Let's spend just a couple of minutes just thinking about what that could have looked like. Mary invites Joseph for a meal. As we all know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Isn't that right? Yes, it is. So she feeds him. Maybe they have a few drinks. They're having a nice time. Joseph is probably thinking at this point, what a wife this is going to be. My life is going to be great. Then the end of the night comes and it's time to have the conversation. Joseph, I'm pregnant. My imagination just races at the thought of what went through Joseph's head. You know, what? (laughs) Now, Joseph probably said something along these lines in modern-day paraphrased English. I know how this stuff works, and you don't get babies without there being two of you. So whose is it? Mary. Well, funny thing. An angel came and told me that um, God was going to give me a baby. Right. Okay. So what did you say? Well, I did what every good Jewish girl says to an angel when the Lord comes. I said, yes. (laughs) Right. 
So you're telling me God's made you pregnant. You see, the meal was going so well. And now, unbelief is kicking in. You see, Joseph then has to have some time to think, to get his head around what it is that's happening. And there are three problems that I see for him. The first one is this, she's pregnant. (laughs) That's a problem. You see, this kind of thing doesn't happen without two people being involved. So we have a who, what, where, when conversation with Joseph in his mind. Problem number two, she says it's God's. Hmm. When has this ever happened before? There is no precedence for this. It's never been seen before. Why now? Why her? So, effectively, she's either a mad woman or a liar. The third thought. Who has an angel visit them? These things don't happen anymore. They used to. But they don't happen now. The scriptures tell Joseph that they used to happen, but he hasn't seen anything like this. There hasn't even been the voice of God heard for hundreds of years into the situation. And now, an angel comes to my wife-to-be, makes her pregnant, and I'm supposed to believe it? You can see why he's sitting in in the room of unbelievable. He needs time to think. We know that in Luke 1 that Mary goes to stay with her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Zechariah have also had an angelic visit. They have also had a moment of, really? (laughs) And she was there for three months. One of the things that I found through studying That situation is the likelihood is that Mary went to go and stay with Elizabeth and Zechariah because they were family, but they were in a different part of the area. And that if anyone were to find out that Mary were pregnant and she hasn't got, it's not her husband's, she would like to have been stoned to death. So for protection, she's been sent off to go and stay with her. And when she arrives, Elizabeth does something outstanding. The baby kicks, she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she encourages Mary. We all need encouragement. And Mary just declares this wonderful, you know, the Bible calls it the magnificant of Mary, the the display of her heart, the praise that comes out as we read the scripture there in Luke as she just pours out the goodness of God. You see, now this brings me to my second thought, and that for Joseph, it, it, he would have been in this position, is divorce. Joseph was thinking, this is unbelievable. We read earlier in, in Matthew 1 and verse 19 that Joseph had made a decision. He'd weighed up the pros and cons. Do any of us do that? Weigh up the pros and cons? Let's have a quick look at the list of what's good here for Joseph. She can cook. She looks good. 
Her family's a good family. She wants to marry me. Let's look at the cons. She's either a liar or she's mad. She's got a habit of sleeping around. She's pregnant and I've not touched her. We're not officially married and she's already ran off to stay with her cousin. <laughs> nope, not doing it. Mine made up. I'm divorcing her. You see, from Joseph's thinking of unbelief, it takes him to a place of divorce. Unbelief divorces us from the will of God. Are there things in your heart that you thought, yes? As Leanne said last week, we say, yes, this is God. But then unbelief kicks in. Before you know it, that very yes you've said before is divorced from you. The cons list is huge. Then, just like Joseph, no, not doing it, I'm divorcing this. And this brings me to my third thought, and that's this, wondering. Not wondering, wondering. For Joseph, it must have played on his mind. The sheer conviction of Mary. How would she be so adamant? And for all of us here today, it was wondering, or it was thinking, that led us in the first place to God. See, the Bible says, seek and you will find Knock, and the door will be open to you. Joseph now has an encounter. Mary had said that an angel had visited her, her, but now it's Joseph's turn. He's been thinking. He's been wondering. And it says in Matthew 1.20, but as he considered these things, he was pondering. An angel came and confirmed Mary's story. See, we read that Joseph was a just man, a righteous man. He was good husband material. (laughs) That even in his unbelief, his character and integrity held tight. The opportunity was there to just kick her into touch and do it publicly, but he didn't do it. Joseph is about to have a shift across all three of these thoughts. He's had an encounter and he's gone from unbelief to undeniable. He's gone from divorce to devotion. And he's gone from wondering to worship. Do you like those? You see, praise is an outward expression of the good things and the love towards God. You know, we praise because we declare the goodness of God. Worship isn't praise. Worship is living a life that's surrendered to God. We worship out of surrender. We praise out of thanks. Joseph marries Mary. He devotes his life to her and the unborn child. Just take a moment to think about that. The place that he was in to the place that he is now. Wow. See, unbelief divorced him from God's plan, but undeniable faith, belief, took him to a place of devotion. 
Joseph wasn't wondering anymore. He was worshipping. He gave his life for Mary and the child. That's worship. May not be in the way we necessarily see worship, but it's how God sees it. You know, that's when I see about people like David in the Bible. A man after God's own heart. I believe that's why he's a man after God's own heart. Because he sacrifices who he is himself. Yeah, he gets it wrong and he makes mistakes, but he sacrifices himself to God's plan. Yes, God, you're in charge. And he ends up to be king of Israel. What's God going to do for you? Joseph wasn't wondering anymore. He was worshipping. So for us today, where are we positioned? Are you in unbelief? Well, let me tell you today that you are loved by a faithful God. He believes in you so much. He was willing to die for you that you can know him. Maybe you're in a place of feeling divorced. Do you feel a million miles away from the will of God? Do you look at the cons and think, nope, not doing it? Well, let me encourage you. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, please take this from me. You're not alone in thinking, I can't do it. But Jesus goes one step further. A life surrendered, but not my will. Yours be done. He went through all of it. He went through with it, dying on the cross. And for Joseph, he changed from divorce to devotion. It's not too late for you. Are you wondering, thinking about all of the what ifs? You know, has God made a plan for me or not? But the word says this For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's not wonder anymore. Let's worship. Jesus didn't come as the Jews expected him to. They were expecting a king with an army to overthrow the Romans who had taken over. They gave them an, a kind of mirrored image of what freedom was like, but really they had full control over everything. And they were expecting the Messiah to come and take and rip back the Jewish people and set them above everyone else to be the kings of the world. Yet God, in his wisdom, sent a baby to live a life as a servant, to have a sinless life, die on a cross, to save all of mankind. Once and for all. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short the glory of God. And he rose again and sin and death were no more. Amen. Sin and death were no more. He came in a way that wasn't expected. But worshippers saw it. Mary and Joseph. 
See, worship God and he will open doors that you don't even know exist. He came in a way that was unexpected but delivered beyond what we can imagine. Wow. So let's not wonder anymore. Let's worship. Let's move from a place of unbelief to undeniable. Let's move from a place of divorce to devotion. And let's move from wondering to worship. Life surrendered. Yes, God. If any of those resonate with you this morning, let today be the start of it changing. You are officially one day less to live today. (laughs) That's cheery. But the impact that you can have for the rest of your life is immeasurable when we devote ourselves to him. We worship. We don't divorce ourselves from his plan. And we believe with undeniable faith that he is who he says he is. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.